It is so good to see you. Everyone stand, please. Go to five people and say, you're beautiful. I see Jesus in you. Merry Christmas. Then please remain standing, everyone, for the reading of God's Word. Would you open your Bibles to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 27, this morning? It is truly a privileged pastor to be here with you and your lovely wife today. How many of you know God has wonderful surprises? I've been to Singapore several times, and I call this the city of miracles. So many times when you live somewhere, you don't recognize that you're in the middle of a miracle. I thank God for Singapore. I bless this great nation. And, and out of nowhere, I was at the World Pentecostal Conference speaking in one of the tracks and overseeing it. And pastor and his lovely wife came up and introduced themselves. And he said, call me if you want to come to Singapore. I called him immediately. No. <laughs> Uh, what a lovely church. For those of you who do not know it, you're known around the world. People speak graciously and kindly about you. And it is such a privilege to minister the Word of God. Now, today we're going to look at something that deals with harvest. Everything in the kingdom of God, everything in creation, evolves and revolves around harvest. I want you to see this verse of scripture that talks about a mystery that unlocks the harvest. Colossians 1 verse 27. To, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Extraordinary mystery. How do we unlock this mystery? It's found in the next words. Matter of fact, many people believe the next statement is the foundation of all of Paul's writings. Matter of fact, this next statement, every principle in the New Testament can be unlocked from this one sentence. Very important. Follow with me. This mystery, which is, everyone say, which is? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's say that again. Which is Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Everyone out loud say we are a great people. We have great power. We can do all things through Christ. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're highly favored. Turn to the person next to you and say you're a great person. You have great power. You can do all things through Christ. You're blessed. You're standing next to me. You're blessed. You're highly favored. Now, you know, it's easy to make those affirmations, but on Monday morning when you're looking in the mirror because you're a trophy of grace, how many of you are like me? The devil occasionally will remind you of your past. And in your past, you go, hold it. I can't say I'm a great person. But as a trophy of God's grace, how many know we serve a great God? He is a great Savior, and He has a great people. Put your hand on your heart and out loud say, I'm a great person. I have great power. I can do all things through Christ. He strengthens me. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. If you believe that, give the Lord a round of mighty applause. Come on, fill the air. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is that the best you got for Jesus? Somebody shout while you clap your hands. Somebody praise God. Release the anointing of God in this room. The glory of God is here. Lord, I praise you. I thank you for the pleasure and the privilege of standing here today before your people. Give us a word that we can see as we walk through this week and through the rest of our lives. And we will praise you for it, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated, everyone. As you're leaving today, there is a place that has two books that I brought with me. One is It's Only a Test by Dr. Rick Freeman. When I was speaking for him, he gave it to me. I read it in a day and found it extraordinary. Ask him if I could carry it and share it with people all over the world. The other is a book that I wrote on Created to Believe that literally God has blessed and gone around the world. When I began to see in our lives that believing is the foundation of everything. You and I were created to believe, and we believe in God. It brings boldness, it brings braveness, it brings about the brilliance of God's glory in our lives. People come up to me, and I've prayed for thousands of people all over the world, and they say, Pastor, pray for me. Prophesy over me. Tell me what God has for me. Do you realize, no matter what I say, your prophetic future is unlocked in what you read and your friends. Show me your friends and what you're reading, and I can pretty well tell you what your future's going to be and not be a prophet. It is powerful to understand every new level you rise in God will be in relationship to your knowledge of God. And I want you to go by and pick up these two resources, take them home with you, and also share them with others. Today, as we deal with the principle, Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is about the significance of harvest. Now, when you consider the fact that we're living in the time of the accelerated harvest, Pastor mentioned to you that I've been to the nations of the former Soviet Union 137 times. When we started in Russia, there were 61 churches in 11 time zones. Today, there are 4,900 registered churches, 1,100 unregistered churches, and growing by two to 300 new churches every 12 months in the nation of Russia. God is multiplying the harvest. What he is doing is he's accelerating the harvest, but we can't be a part of that acceleration if we don't understand the principles of harvest. The most significant moment of any harvest is when you choose the size of your seed. Please hear me, I've got to repeat that. The most significant moment of any harvest is when you choose the size of your seed. The Bible says clearly in the book of Genesis, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. The mystery of life is unlocked in the power of the seed. When you deal with the quality of the seed and the quantity of the seed, now I want you to see three things, very important. I want you to see the picture of it. The most significant moment of the harvest is when you choose the size of your seed. How many understand a small sowing of seed determines a small harvest? But a great harvest comes from the quantity and the quality of your seed. But the third part is the soil. The quantity of your seed, the quality of your seed, and the quality of the soil. Now please get this. 
Soil affects seed. Seed does not affect soil. Soil is the birthing place that feeds the seed for its potential and purpose. Let's go there again. Soil is the place where the seed receives the nutrients that brings forth the purpose of that seed. Good soil, the better the harvest. Bad soil destroys the seed. You go, okay, I get that. No, you don't. You and I are bad soil. What? Before we received Jesus Christ, we were corrupted soil. We were cursed soil. We were dead soil. God wanted a harvest, so he planted a seed of his only begotten son. Now get this. He plants the quality of a seed in bad soil because his seed of his son is incorruptible, indestructible, infallible. The seed came into our lives and broke the curse. Mm, you just missed a good spot to shout. See, I can tell y'all are much more saved than I am. I'm a trophy of God's grace. I was lost on my way to hell, and one day I received the seed of Jesus Christ, and he broke the curse. He broke the lie. He broke the torment. He broke the hell. I was set free from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, and I rejoice that my name is written there. How many of you, your name is written there today? Wave your hand at me, please. You've got to get this. Inside of us, we are soil that has been changed and transformed. And because of that transformation, we can do the undoable. We can believe for that which cannot be believed. Because you and I are the seed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And glory is just not about the future. The Bible says from glory to glory, we're being changed in the image of God. Paul's instruction, he is drawing our attention to focus to fix, to fasten your life on Christ, the incorruptible seed, the indestructible seed. Jesus Christ, who encountered and confronts everything you and I encountered and confronts and more. He was in all points tempted as you and I are tempted, and he overcame. Focus, fix, fasten your attention on him. Jesus Christ, Christ in you, the Son of glory. Now, I'm going to give you a principle that's so simple that you might not even pay attention, and yet it rules your world. Everybody wants a harvest, but I, I, I want you to give, I, I want to give you something worth writing down and something to meditate on this week. This is the principle of the law of the mind. The law of the mind states, whatever gets your attention gets you. Can I ask you today, what gets your attention? Because whatever has your attention, that's what owns you. That's the harvest, that's the destiny. Whatever gets your attention, gets you. If Christ gets your attention, you get Christ. Now, you've got to hear me. The mind, the power of the mind, and literally what has our attention. Is it the glory of God? Is it Jesus Christ? Mm. 
This is so powerful and so innate that you understand this principle before you ever can speak words. Do you realize words change the atmosphere? Words release the prophetic of your future. Words show people who your father is. Words are the initial evidence of power in every language in the world. Words. The power of words. The seed. The words. You, there you are. You're born. You don't have the ability to go, Hey, everybody, I'm here. Um, excuse me. Can you smell? Um, I'm hungry. What does a baby do? It doesn't have the power of words. There's something inside of it that understands the power of the mind. That if you get attention, then somebody takes care of the problem. So what does a baby do? Every mama knows. The baby doesn't go, excuse me, mama, I love you, you're not paying attention to me. Uh. Uh, does that sound like a baby? Uh, uh. All of a sudden in that moment, when you get mama's attention, you get, thank you, pastor, you're listening. The, I'll ask the question again, but I'll give you the answer. The word is mama. Everyone out loud say mama. If you get mama's attention, you get now, doesn't that sound simple? And yet the reality of it is most of us have never thought about it. Whatever gets your attention gets you. When I wrote Created to Believe, I began to say, hold it. What gets our attention? What we believe determines how we love. What we believe determines our faith. What, what we believe comes from the knowledge of God. Our people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God moves into the relationship of how you understand him and how you know him. I want you to get this so importantly inside of our lives. Does Christ, the Son of the living God, have your attention? And if he has your attention, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he will begin to release his glory within you, around you, upon you, and people will begin to see the transformation ability for purpose and harvest in your life because you are a seed, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, let me ask you a couple questions. Do you believe Christ is in you? Well, we got to work on your response to that. Wow, that was deafening quiet. Right, let me ask again. Do you believe the Son of the living God, who is not dead, who holds the keys of death, hell, and the grave, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? You're not on your way to hell. You're on the way to heaven, that Jesus Christ lives inside of you. Mm, that's better. Thank you. If you believe Christ is in you, do you believe what? What do you believe that he is in you? In what way does Christ affect your life? Secondly, thirdly, now this is the crazy one. We live in a busy world. Have you ever noticed that's the normal answer to tell people you're successful? How are you? Oh, I'm busy. No, I'm not studying the Bible. I'm not praying, but I'm busy. When was the last time you had a crazy break? 
When was the last time you were so filled with the glory of God's grace in your life, His blessing, His favor upon you, that you just stopped and said, I don't care if anybody else does it, I want to just say Jesus. Is there anybody in this room today who's been blessed by the power of God's grace? Is there anybody here that the favor of God is upon you? Is there anybody here who can say, I want to praise Him who gave me life? Is there somebody who knows how to open your mouth and praise Him? Put your hands together and clap unto the Lord. Somebody in this place, do you love God? Are you thankful for his grace, his marvelous grace? Come on, somebody give him a clap offering. Somebody praise him today. Somebody lift your voice. Go ahead and shout. Take a break for a moment. God is alive and on the throne today. Now here's the why question. How many know the why is always the hardest? Why do you think Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would want to live in us? Cursed. Death, contaminated soil. <laughs> that he forgave me, cleansed me, set me free. You, you can, see, there's this gory thing. There is a phrase that has affected the world, and basically the world system operates by this one phrase. It came out of a movie. Probably some of you who are younger don't even know what the movie is, but you know the phrase. And the phrase is, show me the... That's the best response we've had today. Did you see that, Pastor? Wow, you knew that one instantly. <laughs> Didn't know if you were saved, but show me the money. <laughs> now, when you understand what I'm talking about... Every... Show me the money. I, I, I was in Moscow one day on the streets, and there was this guy had these beautiful lacquer boxes, and I know a lot about that kind of stuff, and, and I saw it, and I knew it was very expensive. And I said to him, I said, now we're speaking, he's speaking in Russian, and I'm in English, and there's an interpreter. And I'm saying to him, how much for the box? And he said, uh, uh, I said, skolko, which means how much? And he said, $100. And I said, it's a very pretty box. Do you have any cheaper boxes? He says, how about $80? I said, no, sir, you don't understand. I, I, it's a beautiful box. It's worth what you're asking for. Do you have any cheaper boxes? He said again in Russian, how about $60? And then I said to him, sir, I'm buying this box for my mother-in-law. I don't want to spend that much money. <laughs> my mother-in-law is 96, and she'll be watching this and tell me if I preach good today. You know, it's rough when it's online. You can be at home and, you did good that Sunday. And he said, how much will you give? Now, I've been negotiating for a few days in my life, and I know to put money in this pocket, in this pocket. And so I said to him, I said, in this pocket, I have a $20 bill and a $10 bill. That's all I have for you. Do you have any cheaper boxes? And all of a sudden, the man looked at me and went, show me the money. Now, I'm kind of an unusual person. By that number one, I'm 73. Today is my anniversary of 55 years of preaching. 55 years ago today, I've started preaching. In the last month, I've been in Paris and Miami and Singapore and Uzbekistan. That's been in the last five weeks. And the majority of people that I preach to are under the age of 30. I love hanging out with young people. 
First of all, I love their energy and wish I still had that much energy. But the second thing is their hearts. There is a generation in this world today, they're not going to throw out their iPad, they're not getting rid of their smartphone. But they're saying to the church, don't show me your buildings, and I'm not against buildings. What you build tells the world what you believe. But they're saying to me, and I'm hearing it loud and clear, Brother Mike, show us the glory. Show me what will take the power to set me free from immorality, from drugs, from pornography. Show me what will set me free from gambling. Show me what will set me free from sin. Brother Michael, I can't get free from anything else. Do you understand the power of glory? The world outside of this place is hungry. Do you realize Jesus said the harvest is great? The harvest is not in question, and I'm not trying to be intimidating or rude in any way, but the world is more ready for Jesus than the church is ready for the world. The world around us wants to see the genuine outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God that will set them free. It's something that we must long for, something we must cry out for. It is the seed that changes everything because the seed of God's glory, number one, means we're of the seed of the woman. In the Old Testament, there are three prophetic pictures that show us what the seed is. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve have fallen, God comes to deal with the devil and with them. And he says to the devil, you've scratched the heel of this woman's seed, but one day this woman's seed will bring forth a child, and that child shall crush your head. Please hear me. The seed of the woman is for crushing the head of the serpent, for healing your feet. Touch your, everybody, touch your feet and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. We used to walk under the curse of sin, but that curse has been broken. Because we are of the seed of the woman, we have the power to, no, help me, cry, come on, take your foot. Come on, everyone in this room. Come on, again. Look down and say, you're under my feet in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to take your feet. Come on, just like this. How beautiful are the feet? Come on, everyone in this room. Come on, I want to hear you marching. Come on, army. I want the devil to know Cornerstone is alive and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We are here, and he's under our feet. We have the power to crush the enemies of darkness. It, come. I may be old, but I can move my feet. Ah, come on, get inside of you. You're of the seed of the woman. You're here to crush the powers of darkness. Number two, you're of the seed of Abraham. Touch your feet and say, be healed. Go, ah, oh, you didn't do it. Touch your feet and say, be healed. Now rub your hands together and say, be healed. You are of the seed of Abraham for the healing of your hands. Please get this. It unlocks the harvest to bless the nations of the world. I grew up in small America. This week, I've broken over 5 million paid miles with American and close to 8 million miles worldwide. One of the things that I've learned with all that is within me, when you realize your hands have been healed to bless the nations of the world, that we are called because we're going to a place that they're coming from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. If you're a racist, you won't like heaven. Did I say that out loud? 
Can you imagine being represented by a Jewish lawyer that knows the secrets of your heart? Says, you want to come to my house, but you never had anybody like me at your house. You want to eat at my table, but you don't have anybody like me eating at your table. Do you know what we've done with our hands? We've made them fists. These hands created by God to bless. I have the power in the name of Jesus to bless. We've made our hands fist. I, I call it the age of the fist. I'm sure somebody else has said that, but one day it hit me. We live in a world, every time I go through an airport, every time I go through security, the age of the fist. Don't mess with me. We got the power to hurt you. Do you know how many Christians walk around with that? Or if someone says something with our spirit and with our mouth, we slap them. The hardest thing I had to get delivered from was sarcasm. Sarcasm was almost my love language and not realizing that with my tongue I was slapping people. When you understand the power, not a fist, not a slap, but to bless, because you're of the seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, and you're of the seed of David. Touch your heart and say, be healed. I'm done. Time to quit. I've been painting a picture. You got it? I've been using words and pictures to paint a picture. Do you see it? Because the seed died for us, our seed lives for him. And not only have our feet been healed and our hands been healed and our hearts have been healed, he wore a crown of thorns for the healing of the mind. See, the mind is unlocked by the conscience. Many of you, as you've been listening today, you're realizing your thoughts aren't right with God. Your words come out of your thoughts. Your attitudes come out of your thoughts. Your thoughts become your attitudes. Your attitudes become your words. Your words become your decisions, and your decisions become your action. Many of you here today know what it is to go through the torment of your mind. Many times when you deal with the world today and you talk about hell, you, they go, I don't know if it's real. I'm already living in hell. Isn't it horrible to live in hell and then go to hell? What a tragedy when the seed has been sown for your forgiveness. In a moment, I'm going to count to three, no heads bowed, no eyes closed, everyone looking around. And I'm going to ask you to be honest with me and say, Michael, I got a war going on in my head. I'm not right with God. I'm not prepared for heaven. Now, this is my third service. And last night on Saturday night when I gave this invitation, because I'm talking to everybody, I was overwhelmed. 90% of the crowd, if not more, responded. In the first service today, how do I explain this? Can I say to you in this crowd, I'm not a first service person. When I'm home and I don't go to church, I go to the last service. 
And, and the first service to me is the saved people. How many know anybody who comes to church early has got to really love God? How many of you like me? You like an extra hour sleep? Let me see your hands out there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In the first service this morning, I don't know, 95% responded. You may say, hold it. You, Brother Michael, I can't be lifting my hand. What will people think? So people are your God? Let me ask you a different question. What will God think if you don't lift your hand? You say, I, I, in this room, when I get alone, I'll humble myself and, and cry out. So when you're alone with the devil, you have more courage. You're in a place that has the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Open aisles, open altars, open arms, open hearts. And I'm asking you to have the courage to say, Michael, pray for me. I got things going on in my life that aren't right. I'm going to count to three. No heads bowed, no eyes closed. Everybody looking around. Keep your eyes open and your glasses clean. Then you say, you're a little fanatical. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I give altar calls where guns are pointed at me. I keep my eyes open. And I have watched people who are willing to lay down their lives to see the gospel preached. And you don't have the courage to lift a hand. I go, Michael, pray for me. I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask everyone in this room who'll say, I got some battles going on inside of me that are destroying the harvest, that are destroying the blessing, that are destroying the gift of God in my life. I'm going to count to three, and from the very back of the building to the front, from side to side, I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you, will you lift your hand? Will you say, Michael, how many of you today will be honest, have courage, to be bold and say, I've got to enter into this season of harvest and there are things that are robbing me from the harvest. I'm speaking to every person in this room. I'm going to count to three. And if you want prayer, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and say, Michael, pray for me. Everyone in this room will say, when you pray today, Michael, I want to be a part of it. I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three. Oh, hands are going up everywhere. Every person that lifted your hand, stand up. Stand up if you lifted your hand up. If you didn't lift your hand and you should have, stand up. It's never too late to respond. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.